0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is the greatest gift. It's what we say every Christmas, and it's true. We say it throughout the year because the Son of God, the Word made flesh, coming to dwell among us, there could be no greater gift than that. I love the way that the poet Lucy Shaw put it in just a little couplet. She says, You did the unthinkable. You built a bridge to us so long. So strong to link the unlinkable. This is what God has done for us in the gift of his son, Jesus. He has linked the unlinkable, heaven and earth, God and man, bringing us back together to him. It's the gift that we have received in our Lord Jesus and that we celebrate on this Christmas morning. But the way that it works with gifts is that it's a reciprocal kind of thing. You receive that gift freely, but when you get a gift, you give a gift back in return. That's kind of how it works. You'd be kind of sad if every Christmas you were giving gifts to your spouse and to your friends and they just never gave you anything back, right? That's the way the gifts are. You give a gift, you get a gift back. And in both of those, they're expressions of your love and your devotion and your affection for the other person. That's how gifts work. But if that's the case, what kind of gift... Could we ever give to God in response to the greatest gift that he has given to us in our Lord Jesus? We recognize that this debt that we have, it can never be repaid. It's not the kind of thing that maybe if we give God a gift good enough that we're going to be square. Like, okay, you gave us Jesus and we gave you some nice songs. Does that work? Fair deal? No? Okay, it's not that kind of deal, but it is that we want to respond to God aright. What would he have us give to him in return? That's the question I want to pose for us this morning. And think about some different answers that can and have been given to this question. Of thinking about, okay, Jesus is the greatest gift. We have received everything from God in him. So how should we respond? What should we give to him in return? Well, one answer, maybe the most natural answer, is that we should give to God our virtue. Our moral virtue upright lives. And sometimes through history, this has taken the shape of people making vows to God. Martin Luther himself, when he was famously going through a forest and suddenly there was a huge storm and he was terrified by the storm. And so he promised to God, God, if you deliver me from this, I promise I'll become a monk. Okay. Which ended up being kind of a rash vow. As it turned out, God brought him out of the storm. He became a monk, but it worked out well historically. But people will do this they say okay god you do this for me and then i promise i will devote my life to you you know i'll get rid of the bottle i'll stop doing the swear words i'll be really nice i'll quit kicking the dog most of the time you know all this kind of stuff this is what you want for me i will give to you my life of virtue and there's something to be said for this there was a a guy i think he was in the 19th century by the name of oscar wilde he was a, a writer kind of a witticist But he was also known for having this super immoral, decadent lifestyle. And he was complaining once about, you know, we have received this beautiful creation. He was not a believer in any conventional sense, but he was recognizing, oh, this this wonderful life that we have, it's too bad that we can't give anything back in return. To which uh, the author G.K. Chesterton responded to him, yes, Oscar Wilde, there is something that we can give in return for this great gift. We cannot act like Oscar Wilde. (laughs) If we are to live lives of of holiness, of sanctity, it honors God, responds to the gift that he has given to us with our own lives, saying, God, I so respect and delight in what you have done for me. It's only right that I should strive to live a life of holiness and virtue to you. That's true. And it's a beautiful thing when the saints of God live in such a way in gratitude and in response to his gift. But we have to recognize that at the end of the day, God doesn't really need our virtue, does he? And all of our good deeds, all of our morality, all of our, all of our sacrifices and burnt offerings, as the scriptures would say, they're nothing to God. He doesn't need those. As he says in Psalm 50, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. What are you able to give to me? Your morality, your virtue, it's a drop in the bucket. Yes, it is good and right and salutary for us to do that, to pursue such lives of holiness out of our own gratitude in response to God. But that is not what he needs. That's not the the gift that ultimately we ought to respond to his greatest gift with. No, there's something else. There's something else. So while we strive to live those lives of virtue, when it comes to how we respond to this great gift of Jesus, there must be something more or something different. And so others have responded differently and they said, no, it can't just be your good deeds because you know what? People can, they can just act the right way. They can just do the right thing. It's merely out of a sense of, of duty and obedience. It's obligatory. Okay, I guess God, you have obliged me to live a, a good life the rest of my life because you gave me Jesus. All right. And so others say, no. It needs to be genuine and authentic. It needs to be your whole being. We need to give God our heart. That This is what God really wants in response to his great gift, that we give to him our hearts. And I truly think that there's something profound and wonderful about that sentiment. And I think of uh, the, the Christmas carol, In the Bleak Midwinter. And maybe you're familiar with that one. It's not as well known, but... There's a line in there. It's something like, In the bleak midwinter, as it goes on, it says, What shall I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. And if I were a wise man, I would do my part, but what shall I give him, give my heart. There's something beautiful and marvelous about that sentiment that, Lord, I want to give you the fullness of my being, my very whole self, what more could I offer to you? The scriptures say in, in Romans 12 that we get in, in view of God's mercies, in view of everything that he has done for us, we should offer our lives up as living sacrifices, which is a way of saying we offer our lives up, we offer our very heart unto God and give it to him. I think that's a beautiful thing and profoundly true. But there can also be a shadow side to this idea of, of giving God our heart. When it's expressed in the sense of I want to offer God all of my being, I think it's it's spot on. But sometimes, sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to offer God my heart, almost in a a kind of prideful way. All right, God, I am giving you everything. Look at me. I am one who is totally sanctified, who's totally set apart and devoted to God. I am giving him my heart. That's kind of gross when you think of it that way. Uh, In one of my favorite novels, which I brought here for show and tell this morning, The Hammer of God, by a Swedish author by the name of Bo Geertz. he expresses this shadow side of it because he has a character in the novel who's this young, brash pastor, Pastor Fridgefelt. And he is proud in this way, thinking about that he's God's great gift to the world, not Jesus so much as he himself. And he's strolling around and thinking about, well, I've given God my heart. And he's having this conversation with a wise, older pastor. Young guys like me, we need wise, older pastors around us all the time. He's having this conversation with the, with the older pastor, and the, he's, he's boasting to the pastor. He says, you know, I am a true believer. And the pastor says to him as he's smoking his pipe, hmm, that's interesting. What do you believe in? And he says, what, I, I believe in Jesus, of course. I mean, I've given him my heart. And the old pastor says, huh, you've given him your heart. You think that's a good gift, do you? And now the young pastor, Fridfeld, just kind of stumbling over himself and saying, well, yes, of course, it's my heart, it's my everything. And the pastor, the older pastor, responds to him with this. I want to quote it directly. He says, young man, One does not choose a redeemer for oneself, you understand, nor give one's heart to him. The heart is a rusty old can on a junk heap, a fine birthday gift indeed. But a wonderful Lord passes by and has mercy on the wretched tin can, sticks his walking cane through it, and rescues it from the junk pile, and takes it home with him. That is how it is. Inasmuch as we think that giving God our heart almost obliges him to us, that now we have shown that we really mean business. No, that's not what he wants from us either. But in fact, the old pastor's response gets to what God really wants us to give to him in return for the greatest gift, our Lord Jesus. And you know, this is a question It's not new to us by any means. I mean, God's people have been asking this through the centuries. What can we give to God in response? And I'll tell you a story from a a teacher in the early church, a guy by the name of Jerome, St. Jerome. He translated the Bible for the first time into Latin. It's the version of the Bible we have called the Vulgate, super smart guy. And the story goes that on Christmas, many hundreds of years ago, Jerome had a vision he had a vision of the Christ child as a, as a little boy. And he was shivering. He was out in the cold. He was still in the stable. And he looked so cold and so helpless and so vulnerable. And in his vision, Jerome said to him, he said, My dear Lord Jesus, young Jesus, w- what can I give to you? I see you there shivering. And, and here I am. There must be something that I can give to you in response because you are the greatest gift. And the child Jesus says to him, Well, what, what could you give to me? And Jerome says, well, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give to you all of my scholarship, all of my studies, and the hard work that I have done with books. I'll give that to you. And Jesus says to him, well, thank you, but I don't need that. You do that out of gratitude, and it's a beautiful thing, but you don't need to do, give that to me. And Jerome says, okay, then I will, I'll give you all of my good deeds. I will devote them all to you, all the good works that I can do. And Jesus says, you know that I don't need your good deeds, And Jerome says, okay, all the money I have, I'm not a rich man, but all of my treasures, I will give it away and I will devote it to the church. I'll give it to the poor. I will devote it unto you. I will give that in response for you, Lord Jesus. And again, Jesus says, Jerome, precious Jerome, thank you, but that's not what I really want from you. And Jerome's just crestfallen. He says, well, then Jesus, there must be something that I can give in response to all that you have given for me, you are the greatest gift. And Jesus says to him, Jerome, I can see that you are generous and that you want to give to me. Let me tell you, child, what I want from you, what I want from you, more than anything else. Give me your sins. That's what I want from you. Give me your sins. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and this is why I came, to take that load from off your shoulders, and to put it on my own. What can we give to the greatest gift? Give him your sins, and why is that? Because Jesus is God's bridge to us to link the unlinkable. And the only thing that can thwart that gift is if we allow anything to separate us from that gift. That's what our sins do. They drive God not away from us, but they drive us away from God. As we hide from him in shame and think, Lord, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy for you. He says, don't you understand? It's precisely your unworthiness that I want. Every last splinter, every last skeleton, give it to me. Let nothing separate me from your love. Dear Lord, so we give to him our sins. That is the gift that we give in response. Because Jesus, the Word made flesh, He is the greatest gift. He is the one who has bridged that gulf. And so when we come this morning and our hearts are warmed and full of God's love and grace upon grace that He keeps pouring upon us, and we're moved in our spirit to want to respond to Him, give to Him all of your brokenness, all of your pride, all of the, the shame and the guilt that you're carrying, all those burdens that you have on your shoulders, and you think, nope, I need to just take those and carry those on myself. No, let your Lord Jesus, lift them off your shoulders because that is why he came. That is the gift that he wants more than anything else. And make no mistake, heaven's policy is that there are no returns because Jesus has taken them and buried them once and for all. He is the greatest gift indeed. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to sing.